And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could've kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host, the captivating Lisa Wolf, is on holiday. In this hour, William Conrad stars as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon, on a Christmas episode of Gunsmoke from 1955. But first, here's my good pal Stan Freeberg and his classic Christmas dragnet. This is the season. My name is Wednesday. My partner is Frank Jones, the chief is Captain Kellogg. December the 24th, Christmas Eve, they brought in a guy named Grudge. When I heard what they booked him on, my blood ran cold. It was a 409-6325-096704. Not believing in Santa Claus. 4.35 p.m. I was working the holiday watch at a homicide with Frank. Hang up your stocking yet, Joe? Yeah, just before I come down. You too, Frank? Always do. Hung it up early just in case I have to work late tonight. Wouldn't want to miss out when Santa Claus comes, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure wouldn't. Be a shame. What you gonna do tomorrow, Joe? What you gonna do on Christmas? You got any plans? Nothing much. Why don't you come by the house, Joe? We're going to have Christmas dinner. You know, all the trimmings. Mm-hmm. Turkey, celery stuffing, oysters maybe, chestnuts. Mm-hmm. All the trimmings. Cranberry sauce. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. The missus always fixes a plate of relish with them little carrot sticks. You know, olives, pickles, scallions. Most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Did you ever notice that, Joe? Ever notice what, Frank? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Mm-hmm. Scallions. Anytime after two, Joe. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see. The missus always fixes a plate of relish with them carrot sticks. You know them little carrot sticks? Mm-hmm. Olives, pickles, scallions. Mm-hmm. Let's not go through that again. Love to have you. Go through what again, Joe? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Oh. You noticed that too, huh, Joe? Homicide Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 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 What's Joe? What's the matter, Joe? Bringing a guy in on a 409-6325-096704. You, you mean? Yeah. Guy don't believe in scallions. I mean, Santa Claus. 6.29 p.m. We questioned the guy who didn't believe in Santa Claus, a guy named Grudge. Says here your name's Grudge, is that right? Yeah. You said you didn't believe in Santa Claus? It's hard to believe what you said. Did you really say that? Sure I said it. How do you know there's a Santa Claus? You got a picture of him? No, no mugshot. Any fingerprints? Mm-mm, no latent prints. I just know that's all. It's like saying there isn't an Easter bunny. That's another guy there ain't no of. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your story, mister. Joe, he just said that to make me feel bad, didn't he? There really is an Easter bunny, isn't there? 
Joe? Listen, Grudge, didn't I pick you up three years ago in a 1492 for not believing in Columbus? Yeah! I don't believe in Cleveland or Cincinnati either. How about Toledo? I, uh, I ain't made up my mind yet about Toledo. Okay, mister, I get the picture now. You don't believe in nothing, do you? Nothing. And you want to know something else? What's that? I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk right out of this room. Because you guys ain't got nothing on me. There ain't no law against not believing in Santa Claus. There is in my book. Let me tell you something, mister. I'm going to prove there's a Santa Claus if it takes me all night. <laughs> Pretty funny. The police department's got nothing else to do. Let me straighten you out, buddy. This one's on Frank and me. Right, Frank? Right, Frank? There really is an Easter bunny, isn't there, Joe? You know, hippity-hopping down the bunny trail? I took Grudge over to the helicopter, got in, flew around the city for hours. I showed him department stores. What's hurrying in and out of those department stores, Grudge? Happy people! But I ain't impressed! I showed him stockings. How are those stockings hung, Grudge? By the chimney with care. But I didn't hang none up. I showed him children nestled all snug in their beds. What's dancing in their heads, Grudge? Visions of sugar plums. But you ain't selling me. There ain't no Santa Claus! He still didn't believe. There was only one thing left to do. My job, get to the North Pole. 11.45 p.m., we arrived at the North Pole. I set the plane down. We walked over to Sandy's workshop, rang the bell. Pardon me, sir. Can I ask you a few questions? Why, sure. Just tickle me to death. What do you do for a living? I'm a brownie. What are you doing at the North Pole with a southern accent? Well, the boss sort of ran short on help this year, so he had to recruit a few of us brownies from the South Pole. Mm-hmm. That figures. <laughs> what a waste of time. Could we talk to your boss, please? Oh, he's out. You would come on the one night he's out in the whole year. Mm-hmm. What's your particular job, Mr. Brownie? My boss has eight tiny reindeer. My job? Feed them. Mm-hmm, yes, sir. What do you feed them? Well, most times I fix up a little plate of relish. Olives, pickles, and them carrot sticks. You know them little old carrot sticks? Mm-hmm. And scallions. Most, most folks, folks call, call them green onions, onions but, but they're, they're really scallions. scallions. How do you know? Just a stab in the dark. <laughs> The little man showed us through the workshop. My boss will be back for the second load pretty soon. Say, would you all like to hear an interesting story? Yes, sir. Will you see that huge pile of presents over there? Mm-hmm. Man, look at all that stuff. Would you believe it? They're all for the same man. Been piling up here year after year. Why didn't the guy ever get them? Yeah, why? Because he didn't believe in my boss. You know the rules. Mm-hmm, we know. I, uh, don't suppose there's no chance that this, this guy can still... Get the presents? Oh, sure. He gets them all. The minute he believes. But I don't suppose he ever will. Too bad about that guy. What's his name? Don't say it. I don't want to hear it. Come on, Mr. Brownie. What's his name? His name? Grudge. The Brownie saw us at the door, wished us a Merry Christmas. We were heading back to the plane when it happened. Hey! Yeah, Grudge? You know that guy I said I didn't believe in? Who's that? Santa Claus? Yes, sir. You think I'm too old to change my mind? You're never too old, Mr. Grudge. Well, then I... I, I believe in Santa Claus and Columbus. How about Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Easter Bunny? Yeah, them too. And Toledo? I... I still ain't made up my mind yet about Toledo. Look, Grudge, up in the sky... He's coming back for the second load. It's Santa Claus! It's Santa Claus! There's the only guy I know can make everybody happy in one night. Yeah, he 
must have the biggest heart in the whole world. That's about the size of it. That is Christmas Dragnet with my uh, good pal Stan Freeberg. You know, uh, I worked with Stan for many, many years uh, when I created the When Radio Was show way back in, uh, let's see, 1990. The uh, first uh, person I hired to host my When Radio Was show was Art Fleming. When Art Fleming, I worked with him for many years. When he passed away, I hired Stan Freeberg because I was always a big fan of Freeberg. And uh, we got to be such close close pals. He he passed away a few years ago, but uh, he was uh, just so much fun to to work with and talk about all these days. You know, he was there. He was literally there during the golden age of radio. He had his own show on CBS, the Stan Freeberg Show. He did these spoofs. This, of course, is a spoof of Dragnet, Jack Webb. Uh, radio and TV series. And prior to this, to that Christmas dragnet, he, Stan Freeberg, came out with a, a record that became a number one best-selling record called St. George and the Dragonette. I played that before, and again, that was a dragnet spoof. When he played it for Jack Webb before they released it, he thought, I better I better go get Jack Webb's you know, permission to put this out. And he thought, boy, Jack Webb, he might be not too happy with me when he hears this. And Jack Webb said, you know what? That is the coolest thing ever. In fact, I'm going to do something for you to make it even even cooler. I'm going to get you my orchestra that does the Dragnet theme, and you, you, you can use them. And so you heard the actual orchestra that, that Jack Web used on Dragnet on that uh, particular program. So this was released in 1954, was a big hit, big, big, big hit. Uh, of course, uh, Freeberg was playing the character of Joe Wednesday, which was a takeoff on the name Jack uh, Webb had, uh, Joe Friday's character on Dragnet. Um, really, really great classic stuff. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, William Conrad stars in a Christmas episode of Gunsmoke, so stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. There were Westerns on radio, and they were in two categories, Westerns for kids and Westerns for adults. And I think the greatest Western for adults was definitely Gunsmoke. William Conrad starred as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. Of course, it made a transition to television with James Arness as uh, 
the very tall U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. I think he was the tallest actor ever on television. I think he was like 6'6". Six, six. Um, of course, I'm jealous because, you know, being 5'7", you know. Carl. Am I? Yeah. You sure? And, oh yeah, I've tall. seen you stand up. I'm and... I'm I'm uh, tall in my own mind. Oh well, you're 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 tall presence when people ah, meet you. Presence, you know? yeah, it's like very wow. powerful presence. Most definitely. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but on radio, I would have to say Gunsmoke was uh, was the best. I love to have Gun Will Travel as well, but uh, this is this is about the best uh, best in the bunch. It had a great cast too, you know, with Parley Bear. As uh, Chester Proudfoot, Howard McNear as Doc Adams, Georgia Ellis as Kitty Russell. Uh, Dylan was an isolated man. He was lonely. He was toughened by a hard life. And he brought the bad guys to justice in Dodge City, Kansas. Sounds a bit like you, Carl. Yeah. I uh, I straightened it out here at the radio station. Let me tell oh, you. Yeah. If there's any ne'er-do-wells walking around the radio station, they have to deal with me. They better run. Yeah, here's my Get badge. Get back to work, Carl. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever you say. Um, Gunsmoke was great. Every once in a while, they would do uh, sort of a Christmas-themed episode, and we have one for you now. We've never aired this one. It says, recently, I recently discovered this in the library. December 25th, 1955 is the broadcast date. It's called Twelfth Night, and this stars William Conrad. Here's part one now of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers. And that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. The transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America. And the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Good morning, Doc. Chester. Good morning, Mr. Dillon. Come have some coffee with us, Matt. You've got nothing to do in your office. <laughs> no, but in there, people can't see me doing it. Oh, it's no use to hide. They're on to you anyway. You know, I don't think the Christmas season has made you any more charitable at all, has it, Doc? Well, I'm not a man to be good on Sunday and sin all week, if that's what you mean. Well, you're honest, if nothing else. Oh, I don't know. Hey. Look at that fella. Yeah, what fella is Yonder, across the street there, in, in the coonskin hat. Oh. Now, that's the tallest man I ever saw. And that rifle he's carrying is as long as he is. <laughs> he sure looks out of place in Dodge, don't he? He is out of place, Chester. That's a squirrel-hunting southern mountain man. He's coming over here. Look at him walk. Yeah. 
If everybody had legs like that, the Santa Fe Railroad would go out of business. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, my, he's from the hills, all right. Well, at least he ain't another gunman, Mr. Dillon. That's something to be thankful for. Howdy. Hello. Which of you be the... What do you call them? Uh, you mean the marshal? That's the word. I never heard it till a fella told me this morning. <laughs> well, it just means peace officer. I'm again peace officers. Oh? Uh-huh. It ain't fitting for some folk to be meddling in other folks' business. Where do they figure it like that, stranger? Uh, Ozark Mountains? Better country than this. And my name's Eben Hakes. Oh, my name is Dillon. Uh, this is Chester Proudfoot and Doc Adams. Uh, how are you? Peace officer. A man said you'd help me find where that Joth Monger is living. Joth Monger? Yeah, he come out here about a year ago. He's got an old mountain gal with him. They're married. Uh, yeah, they got a place up near Rock Springs, about, uh, oh, ten miles north of here. I'll find it. Uh, you've come a long way to see a friend, Hicks. Josh Monger ain't exactly a friend, peace officer. But I got to get going, it being Saturday and all. Well, what Saturday got to do with it? Nothing. Except I won't kill no man of a Sunday. I never have. I never will. This place don't look no better than it ever did, does it? No, not much, Chester. Oh, look at that poor Miss Monger. Out doing chores as usual. I wonder where Joth is. Asleep somewhere, probably. Morning, Miss Monger. Howdy. How are you, ma'am? Poorly. Uh, is Joth here, ma'am? Uh, if today wasn't Saturday, he'd be here. What? Joth goes to Dodge every Saturday. He does? <laughs> I never see him. Oh, if he socialized more, you'd see him. Just got his ways, Marshal. They're lonesome, but they're hisn. I see. Uh, Miss Monger, do you know a man called Eben Hakes? Hakes. If you speak that name round here, you won't be welcome, Marshal. Uh, there's trouble between you? If you call Joff being the only Monger left and Eben being the only Hakes left, then you could say there's trouble. Oh, you mean it's a feud, huh? Both families been whittled down to just them two. I see. Is that why Joth came out to Kansas, to uh, get away from it? Not if he's always talking about going back long enough to kill Eben Hakes. Yeah. Well, what do you think, ma'am? Don't you think it's gone far enough? Either one of them could call it off if he wants so muley. Uh, how did this feud start, ma'am? If you had any upbringing, you wouldn't ask. Oh, well, it's I'm a family to... matter. Mm-hmm. Where'd you see Eben Hakes anyway? Well, he was in Dodge asking about Joth, ma'am. If he was asking, then he'll find him, and that's bad. Joth don't even know he's around. Well, that's why I came out here. Joth knew about him. I wouldn't worry. Joth's a better shot than even Hakes any day. Look, Miss Monger, the law doesn't hold with feuding. Whichever one kills the other, he'll hang for it. You start meddling, they'll shoot you. But I'm worried about Joth. He'll be drunk soon as it's dark. Well, I'll find him, ma'am. Goodbye. 
Goodbye. Is all hill people like that, Mr. Dillon? Oh, they're mighty independent, Chester. Well, the law sure don't seem to mean much to them. Nah, not when it comes to feuding. Mm. Now, look over there. Hmm? That little bluff there. Well, for... Now, how did he get here? I don't see no horse. Well, let's go ask him. Hello, Hicks. That Joth Monger's place yonder, peace officer? Yeah. Good. I'll get a little closer and shoot him when he comes out. You don't care whether you hang or not, do you? Hang? For shooting the monger? For shooting anybody. Do you ever hear a murder? Peace officer, you're getting <clears throat> downright contrary. Where's your horse, Hicks? I got no horse. Well, you left him in Dodge? I don't need no horse to travel by. You mean you walked all the way from the Ozarks? It's mostly downhill, peace officer. But I'd walk anywhere to get me monger. <sighs> well, maybe I ought to throw you in jail. Now you are being meddlesome. I gotta get closer to that house. And don't you fret none about the old lady. I don't aim to shoot her. Mr. Dillon, you gonna let Hakes wait here and shoot John? Now let him go, Chester. Let's get back to Dodge. We'll find Joth and warn him. Why don't you just let them shoot each other and have done with it? <laughs> don't tempt me, Chester. Man, there has never been a Gunsmoke episode that I didn't think was fantastic. The, uh, the producer of this show... Norman MacDonald, uh, he was one of the greatest producer-directors of the Golden Age of Radio, did lots and lots of shows, including Philip Marlowe and other uh, westerns. But I think this was his favorite, Gunsmoke. You know, got to work with terrific cast and, of course, William Conrad, who may have been on more radio shows than anyone, other than maybe Joseph Kearns. I mean, Joseph Kearns pops up on everything. But uh, this is a great show, Twelfth Night. December 25th, Christmas of 1955. This aired on CBS. They did it uh, with that whole cast. Now, these were recorded, though. By by the 50s, a lot of these radio shows were recorded ahead of broadcast, um, and Gunsmoke was. They would go in and record two or three at a time, and then they wouldn't have to come back again for a couple of weeks. Um can you imagine just sitting in on one of those, the table reads, and then then getting up and doing it, and the sound effects, men and women, and the, the orchestra, and all? Just, ah, these, these, they're magical. These radio shows are magical. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Gunsmoke, 12th Night, 1955. We'll have more of it in just a moment. Hollywood 360, our official website, is uh, Hollywood360Radio. Got to throw a radio in there, .com. Hollywood360Radio.com. We'll be right back. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. 
Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. A little earlier, we were talking about the Classic Radio Club. That is our uh, sort of our internal sponsor, helps support this show, helps put this show on the air. And we want to thank the hundreds and hundreds of Classic Radio Club members we have, including one sitting in the studio right now, my good friend, Tony Smith is, you've been a member from, I think, day one. Yeah, and we love the fact that we can participate in helping you to stay on the air and do all wow, these great things. Wow, thank you, buddy. Yeah. And uh, you get those CDs, you pop them in, and you're happy with the sound? Oh, totally. Love the, the book from Carl Shadow. I love to share with my friends and neighbors, and then some of them are like, how do I get this? Nice. Well, you know, Mike Bubblebath Costella, and we... And, Mike and I were driving in today, and we were talking about I was telling him, I don't know what he does. I mean, these shows are directly from the master recordings, but then he, he puts them through a little, a little uh, you know, Cleaning pro- up. process to get rid of any clicks and pops. But I got to tell you, Mike, whatever you're doing, whatever you do there in the bubble bath, um, it it's is all in the soap. It's the soap. <laughs> Whatever it is, that's the soap. He's letting us know. He's, he's, he's revealing well, I, his secrets. I always felt, Mike, that you're magical. Yeah. Whatever you do, Mike, because I got to tell you, classic radio club members, they get these 10 shows sent to them each and every month on five CDs or via digital download in a case with a booklet that uh, is a historical booklet, a booklet that Carl Shadow and I both write. And you get that presentation, and I and you're one that gets it every 30 days. It comes in the mail. Totally you open it up, and you're it. like, "Hey, what ten shows are in there?" Right? Yeah, every time. And you pop it in, and I'm so I'm so proud of the quality because when you pop these CDs in, they sound like they were recorded yesterday, and that's important to me. I don't put anything in the club that doesn't sound great. So uh, you should try it, folks. And you know what? We have us. We have a. Um, sort of a special offer for uh, first-time members, people that join. They join for a dollar. That's it. You get the whole collection sent to you for a dollar, plus shipping and handling, four ninety nine. And then you have 30 days. If you really enjoy it and you want it, you want to get a new one, a different 10 shows, every 30 days, then you don't cancel, and it gets sent to you. Now, of course, those are a little more. They're nineteen ninety nine because... Obviously, at a dollar, we're losing we're losing money. But um, the uh, of course, we're not making a lot of money on nineteen ninety nine. But that what we do make goes to put the show on the air, and it's so, a great product. Thank you very much. So, if you want to try it, folks, for a buck, one dollar, and the shipping and handling, you'll at least you'll at least experience the quality, see what it's like, and we also send you the podcast. This full five-hour show with Radio Rarities emailed to you 
Not everyone has an email, so if you don't have an email, you won't get the email. But if you do, we will send you the full five-hour show each and every Monday, all part of the Classic Radio Club. So try it for a buck. I think you'll like it. You hopefully will stay in the program for as long as Tony has, which has been like five years now. Yeah, I look forward to another 20 years. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so how do you uh, how do you learn all about it? How do you sign up and get the first one for a dollar? Just go to our website. That's the easiest way. Go to our website. It's all explained there. And the website is ClassicRadioClub.com. That's pretty easy. ClassicRadioClub.com. And uh, we really appreciate it because it does help keep this show going strong. And thank you to all of our Classic Radio Club members that have helped us keep the show on the air. We've been on the air 16 years now, Tony. We plan to be on a lot longer with the help of our listeners. That makes me very happy. Yeah, thank you very much. Me too, because I do, I do really enjoy coming here on Saturdays, Lisa and I, and putting these shows out to our, uh, to our listeners all around the globe. We have uh, listeners all around the globe that are tuning these shows in. But right now we're listening to a Christmas episode from 1955 of Gunsmoke called Twelfth Night, starring William Conrad. Here's the conclusion. Uh, Chester, you go ask Sam if he's seen Chath, huh? Okay. Evening, Kitty. Hello, Matt. Where you been? It's pretty near midnight. I've been trying to stop a feud. Well, it's a long time since I've heard of a feud around Dodge. Uh, This one kind of got transplanted from the Ozarks. The Ozarks? Yeah. (laughs) It's a wonder that crazy Joth monger isn't mixed up in it. Now, that's Joth I'm looking for. You are? I've been in every saloon in Dodge. You must have a cave somewhere. I'll bet you a dollar he's right out back, Matt. Out back? Sure. He's there every Saturday night. Comes in and buys a bottle of corn from Sam and takes it out back and drinks it. Sits there all alone with his long rifle in one hand and his bottle in the other. Nobody knows what he's thinking. Yeah, no wonder I haven't seen him around. Hey, what you doing, Sam? Oh, oh, Miss Kitty. Hello, Chester. Yeah, Kitty just told me, Chester. Go out back and see if he's there. If he is, bring him in, huh? All right, sir. Well, who's Joth feuding with, Matt? man called Eben Hakes, Kitty. Is he from the Ozarks, too? Yeah, he arrived today on foot. On foot? Yeah, he's all legs. <laughs> Real traveling, man. Hey, I'd like to see him. He's got a face like a hatchet, and he's built like a piece of wire. Uh, I'll bet he carries a long rifle, too. He does. Here he is, Mr. Dillon. I made him leave his rifle with Sam. Hello, Joth. You just up and say what you want, Marshal, because I don't care to be cooped up inside here very long. Eben Hakes is looking for you, Joth. Of course he is. Mongers and the Hakes been looking for each other nine out of 40 years. They most all got found, too. You been drinking, Joth? Well, the missus won't allow no drinking on the place, Marshal, so I got to come to town every Saturday. Joth, Monger... It's Hakes, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, get out of the way, Kitty. Sure will. I got you caught like a bar up a tree, Joth. Put your rifle down, Hakes. He's gonna kill me. I ain't even got no gun. Put it down, I said. You're standing in the way, peace officer. And I'm gonna stay here. And I'll have to shoot you first. You're not gonna shoot anybody. Of course I am. That's what I come for, ain't it? 
Don't try it. Now, here, w- wait a minute, everybody. I just thought of something. I wished all you folks had stopped meddling in it's this. It's after midnight, Higgs. What? It's Sunday. Sunday? Yeah, he's right, Higgs. Well, of all the gall-blame luck, oh, quit looking so troubled, Joth. I won't shoot no man of a Sunday, even a monger. But you come awful close to it, Eden. It's a doggone shame it took me so long to find you today. You traveled a long way, Eden. I know, but I got tired waiting for you to come on back home, Joth. I was coming. I was coming this summer. I know, but your old lady told me about it today. I seen her scratching around doing chores. That ain't much of a place you got there, Joth. Be quiet, Chester. Oh, fella can make a crop here sometimes, even. But it's a hard fight with a short stick. I didn't see no hogs out there. Where's your hogs, Joth? I'm getting some come spring. Eden, how's things back home? Well, there's been a lot of changes since you left. Eden? Yeah? I got a little jug out back. It's most empty now, but we could maybe buy another one, set out there for a spell, kind of get soured on the cob. What's Eden? Might as well. We can't do no shooting till Monday. Where at do we buy this jug? I'll show you. Fella over here sells. You'll have to lend me some money. I didn't bring none with me. Well, if they don't be... Oh, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Looks to me like they're going to call that feud off. No, not them, Chester. Midnight tomorrow, they'll be stalking each other all over again. Well, how are you going to stop them? Hell, I'll let them enjoy themselves tonight. But tomorrow, I'm going to throw them both in jail. And they're going to stay there till they learn something more than feuding. I wasn't sure the jail would teach Joth and even a thing, but I still couldn't let them run loose and shoot each other down. So the next morning, Chester and I went looking for them. We found where they'd built a small fire out back of the Long Branch, and we found a number of empty bottles, but that was all. We searched the town till noon with no luck, and I decided to ride out to the Monger place and see if by any chance Joth had returned. There was nobody in sight when we got there, so we dismounted and walked up to the door. There's smoke coming out of the chimney, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, that doesn't mean Joth's here, Chester. Well, no, sir. Afternoon. You go away, Marshal. Now, wait a minute, Miss Marshall. If you don't want to get shot, you'll do what I say. Friendly, ain't she? Yeah. But she didn't have no gun. It must be Joth in there. Yeah, probably. Well, if it is, why would he want to shoot you? Well, there's one reason I can think of. You mean he's gone and killed even Hakes? I don't know, Chester. But I'm sure going to find out. They ain't going to open it. Yeah. Oh, there's a window around the side. Oh. 
It ain't a very clean window. That'll do. Here, let me take a look. I'll, I'll be... What is it, Mr. Dillon? Here, have a look yourself. All right. Well, they're eating dinner. All three of them. Yeah. Come on. I want to talk to the men, Ms. Munger, and I'm coming in. Josh! All right, stay away from those rifles. Why, he busted in. He busted in right past the woman. I never heard of a man coming into another man's house that way. If he had any upbringing, he wouldn't have. Is this the kind of people they got in Kansas, Josh? It's the first I seen of. Never mind about that, Josh. Now, why did your wife threaten to shoot me? What's going on here? If you hadn't come to put them in jail, you wouldn't get shot, Marshal. How did you know I was going to put him in jail? Eden says you told him you was. Well, that's right, I did. If he killed anybody. I ain't killed nobody. The feud's off. We stopped it. You stopped it? Sure. Last night, we got to talking a little about old times and everything. And you know what we found out? No, what? You tell him, Eden. Well, peace officer, this here feud started a long time ago. What happened was my grandfather stole Joss' grandfather's girl and married up with her. So Joss' grandfather declared a feud right then and there. But you ain't told him what we found out yet, Eden. Oh, well, we hadn't thought of it before, peace officer, but last night we was thinking that if my grandfather hadn't done that, then Joss here would have been me. What? Don't you see? Otherwise, my grandmother would have married up with Joss' grandfather and I'd have been Joss. So any way you look at it, we're kind of related like? Any way you looked at it last night, you mean I saw them bothers. <sighs> no, it doesn't matter, Chester, as long as the feud is off. It ain't only off. Eden's gonna stay on here with us. We're gonna work this place together. I'm gonna give him a share in it come Christmas. Come Christmas? It ain't far off. January 6th. Right, now, here, wait a minute. Since when did Christmas get to be January 6th? If you knew anything, you'd know that. I swear I'm getting to know less and less, ma'am. No, you folks don't understand. Back in the Ozarks, we do our Christmas celebrating 12 days from when you do. Wait a minute, you're talking about 12 night. We call it Christmas, too. And if you only knew, Marshal, it works just fine for us. <laughs> well, there's no reason why it shouldn't, ma'am. It's an old custom. Say, maybe you and Chester'd come out and celebrate with us. If they don't mind kraut and sour pickles and cornbread and coffee, they'll come. Now, ain't there going to be no chitlins, woman? I was keeping them for a surprise. <laughs> chitlins or no chitlins, I'll be proud to come, Miss Monker. And me too. Well, uh, we'll leave you to your dinner now, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you at Twelfth Night. Now our star, William Conrad. On the frontier, violent death might come to a man in a number of ways. And life around him served as a daily reminder. Gunfighting in the street, stampeding cattle, marauding Indians, hunger, thirst. Now, there were a lot of ways to die, and most of them hard. 
But the Westerner wasn't bothered by that. The important thing was, when his time came, that, well, that he'd die standing up and in fine style. And that was the West. Good night. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were John Daner, Helen Klebe, and Vic Perrin. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Most accidents aren't really accidental at all. Only you can cause an accident. That's right. It's up to you to read and heed the safety signs, to keep your eyes on the road, to watch out for those curves ahead and the cars driving along near you. Most drivers know how to operate a car. They know the traffic rules. They know that speeding, taking chances, failing to keep to the right of the line are dangerous hazards. Accidents happen because drivers do these things despite what they know. So while you are driving... Remember that you and only you are responsible for your life and the lives of those driving with you. Drive carefully. Join us again next week for another specially transcribed story as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. That's Gunsmoke with Twelfth Night, December 25th, Christmas of 1955, with William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon, Parley Bear in that cast, Vic Perrin, Helen Klebe, Howard McNear, Georgia Ellis, George Wallace, uh, George Walsh doing the announcing. A good show, uh, really good Gunsmoke episode. They're all good. All the Gunsmoke episodes are good. So Mike and I drove to the uh, to the station together. Mike, what'd you think of that '74 Chevy Nova? That's the first time you've been in it. I love that thing. You know the I know that the uh, floor uh, panels are all rusted out, and it was a little cold in the car. But, Doesn't uh, bother me. But I'll tell you what, um, I had a very sweet listener send me knitted me a blanket, and <laughs> I had it with, and I'm telling you that thing kept me warm the whole way in the car. Uh, I shared a little of it, uh, some of it with Mike. About, a, what, maybe one quarter of it, I yeah. guess? Yeah. Enough to cover my feet. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, d- did you like the 74 Chevy Nova? I love those old beat-up cars. Yeah, it's pretty beat-up. But uh, it gets me from point A to point B. That's all I can say. That's all you need it to do. Kind of a gas guzzler. And uh, one of these days, I'll get the uh, floorboards uh, somehow, you know, welded back together. Um, but it's like Fred Flintstone. You can see the, you can, did you see the, the ground going past? A little bit, yeah. 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 Uh, and the winter could be a little rough, but um, there you have it. The old 74 Nova. Took it out, picked up Mike. Um, sitting in the garage there, I thought, I'll take the Nova, right? 
Gotta, Why not? I've never been it, in it before. Got to take it out once in a while, you know, burn some oil. Anyway, um, Perry Como, she's going to, uh, she, he, Perry Como is going to sing us Jingle Bells now. How about that? I can do that. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Fortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank and we, we got upside. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. the ground is white, go it while you're young, take the girls tonight, and sing the sleighing song, just get a bobtailed nag, to 40 for his speed, then hitch him to an open sleigh, and crack, you'll take the lead, oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. The one and only Perry Como right there with jingle bells, jingle. He had a record deal. How come I can't get a record deal, Tony? We're working on it. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, he's probably you... a little bit better than I am at I'm singing. Not though. Sure, I've I, heard you I, sing. I would say Perry Como's a okay, little, a little, little better, bit, yeah. little bit better. But I mean, man, there's got to be someone out there that wants to sign. You know, I'm, I'm look, I'm like a, I'm like a diamond in the rough. Definitely. You know, some, you know, some tuning. Yeah. Right, a little, little tuning. A little fine tuning. Uh, some voice lessons. A little, little voice bit. lessons. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, yeah, some, uh, you know, pitching and all that type of thing. And sweetening the album, as they say. I think I could be 
Yeah. Almost and, as good as that. Oh, for sure. Right? In a, in a background I orchestra. mean, what they can do in a studio now. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean. So uh, I'm I'm ready to sign a contract. I am ready to send a, uh, sign a record contract. So Carl's somebody, about this. If, if somebody is out, out there. Yeah. Somebody is out there with a record uh, label, give yeah. me a call. 555-1212. Uh, more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, we have a Christmas story you will not want to miss. I have played this once or twice before because it's one of the greatest Christmas stories. It's a Christmas story that is involves murder, but it is really good. It's called Back for Christmas on Escape with Paul Frees, one of the greatest voice actors of all time. And then my pal Stan Freeberg will present The Night Before Christmas. That's all in our next hour on Hollywood 360. Make sure not to go too far. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.